Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Do You Know Show, and we're bringing you bits of knowledge and information that you might not have heard from people you might not know. One thing I must let you know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI.org. Hey, y'all, I'm in Chicago, and I'm, you know I'm real excited about being here because this is home for me. And uh, I had the opportunity to run into Renita T. Johnson, who I haven't seen in many, many years. And I asked her if she would, would mind being interviewed, and she agreed. Now, Renita is a mother, educator. She's a, a cancer survivor and a prevention advocate. And what we're going to talk about today is uh, the correlation between cancer and the incident in Ferguson, Missouri, if you can believe that. <laughs> but you're going you're, you're gonna to get an opportunity to hear how we put that together. But right now, let me introduce you to Renita T. Johnson. Renita, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, again, I am so excited about you know, being able to interview you today. And what I'd like to do, first of all, is for you to tell us a little bit about your affiliation with Jumpstart. How did you get started there and where are you now in regard to your position at Jumpstart and what you do? Just a little bit about that. Well, Jumpstart is a national early literacy organization that recruits college students and trains them to work with preschoolers and low-income communities on language and literacy, social and communication skills. Okay. And Roosevelt University was the first university in the city of Chicago to get Jumpstart, and I've been there since 2003. Okay, 11 years. 11 years. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, in terms of your role at Jumpstart, um, I, you know, understand that the 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 focus is on preschool. Yes. What do you feel that? Focusing on that period in a, in a child's life, how do you feel that that is important in terms of them preparing for school and life itself? Well, statistically, children that come from low to moderate income communities are less on track than their higher socioeconomic peers to enter kindergarten with the skills that they need to prepare them for academic success and for success in life. So... My job is to train college students to go out and deliver a high-quality early childhood program to preschoolers because the correlation between a high-quality early education definitely um, has its benefits to us as a society to prepare children for success in life. Okay. Okay. You know, that's, that's, that's very interesting because uh, I did a, a, a show last week uh, in, in, in regard to Ferguson, Missouri. And the reason I did the show was because my cousin had been, uh, uh, had posted something on Facebook talking about that he had been accosted by the police at a very early age. And he, had, he was innocent, but they approached him at a very early age with guns drawn and that kind of thing. He was 12 years old. And he got a response from a young lady who said that the reason that the thing that happened in Ferguson happened is because black youth uh, provoke police into killing them, you know, and, 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 and for me, that, that's so untrue, and we talked about that. Um, but I'm listening to you and thinking that there's some correlation between black youth 
and 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 their interaction with police that can be possibly prevented had they been uh, um, kind of affiliated in some way with Jumpstart. I mean, is that is that is that something that you guys you know at some point or another look at that the crimes that are being prevented by black youth, black on black crime, that kind of thing. If these children had been uh, affiliated with Jumpstart in some kind of way, that possibly could have been prevented. Possibly, but statistically, and when you look at research, everything that points to children um, having a rich academic life and the benefits to society, when you put money on the early end, mm-hmm. something like a $6 return on your investment to okay. society. And you know, your dropout rates have decreased. Um, You have lower prison rates. You have um, people who are more prepared to, you know, to work in society and to be a participating citizen in society. And all of that goes back to what you get in your academic life. Okay. And the correlation between language. And we know that the most growth that we see in children is birth to five years. Oh my goodness. Because that's when, you know, your brain development is at its highest Mm -hmm. between birth and five years of age. Mm -hmm. So you can make your children trilingual, quadlingual, and and just those things in itself because the cells are in the synapses, everything is connecting at such a rapid rate during the zero to five years of age that... Wow. It's really crucial that children yeah. be exposed to high quality early care and education. Wow. You know, I, I, as you were talking, I was, I was thinking about the police officer that was involved. In, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, of course, question myself is, is, is what type of preschool education did he receive as well? You know, and the person who responded to my cousin, what type of preschool you know, uh, education did she receive? And, 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 and the key for me is that education is so very important and the earlier you start from what you're saying the better exactly. you know and 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 that being the case we still i feel need to educate people in regard to the situation in ferguson that's happening all over the world and how do you see uh education in terms of being able to facilitate an opportunity for us as a people, not not just here in this country, but all over the world, for us as a people to kind of take a look at, at least take a look at education and, and, and determine if that indeed is the way that we can resolve some of these issues that are occurring all over. Because Ferguson is not an isolated incident. No, it you, isn't. Yeah. Every place is a Ferguson <laughs> Okay. And, and especially your urban areas okay. um, are just... And, and I don't know... Um, because it, it crosses so many other lines. Mm-hmm. It's, it's education, it's social issues, okay. um, it's civil issues, it's human rights, it's mm-hmm. human dignity. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so much. And when you, you know, even looking at diversity, most people, when they hear diversity, they're only thinking of cultural, ethnic right. lines. But there's so much that crosses in diversity. Um, and, and it's such a huge problem. I don't know if there's one simple solution okay, to okay. the problem. Mm-hmm. I think education and jobs and opportunities to advance um, are all issues that we face as a community. Um, and just 
just basic human rights. Okay, um, okay. I think what 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 has happened is that what I what I'm what I'm looking at in terms of education uh, covers all those areas: civil, politics, that the, the the whole spectrum, you know. And so I'm not just looking at education in terms of a school or a facility that accommodates right. people, you know. But I'm talking about education, being educated in every arena of, every of life. Yes. And 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 something you said earlier on gives me the idea that you guys are not just educating uh, uh, children in terms of academics, but also educating them in how to live their lives. Is that exactly. true? Or yes, yeah, okay, yes, okay. Because all of that, I mean, social skills are such a big component of of raising children. Mm -hmm. You know, socialization is is huge, and I think socialization is just as large as you know, do you have the right language and literacy mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. communication skills? You know, okay. socialization is huge, and a lot of times people fall through the cracks with how are we socialized? How are we, you know, I don't want to say program. <laughs> right. You know, I don't want to say program. Uh, That's not the word I'm looking okay. for, but, you know, how are we. You know, your moral and your ethics, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think all of that's part of development. Okay, and, okay. Um, you know, moral development is, is huge. Yeah. And it should be huge. Right, uh, definitely. Um, in, in, in terms of your being a mother... <laughs> <laughs> because your, your 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 daughter is older than eleven because you you know you started jumpstart at at age you know when eleven years ago. So in terms of early education for your daughter prior to even being aware of what jumpstart was doing, how did you how did you do that in terms of your your own child? Were you aware that how important it is to educate your child at a very early age, or did you just you know just do that because you know? And I think I did, I, I think because I started off uh, as a high school teacher okay. and just some of the things that I was shocked about when I first got into the classroom <laughs> that right. you never learned from the book. Right. <laughs> I mean. Right. And so just seeing, and I had freshmen and, mm -hmm. and they're just a special group of students in themselves. <laughs> and so... I think that was the first exposure I got to wanting to learn more about early care and education. Mm -hmm. And especially because when I went into teaching, she was two years old. So oh, okay. it okay. was really important to me to figure out what my philosophy of education mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. I knew I was not a traditional type person. Okay, um, And I think that's why I was attracted to programs like Montessori mm. and Reggio mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. because they were not your traditional types of learning because everybody learns differently and right. you know, we have these these sayings that sometimes become just um, buzzwords like every child can learn and that's true but we all learn at different paces and different rates but we all go along this developmental spectrum. It just depends on how fast or how slow one child goes versus another. Mm -hmm. So I think that was my first interest in early education. Okay. And so um, I just started taking classes and not knowing that it was going to end up being a career. <laughs> it's kind of like
like the best of both worlds now because I get to work with college students right. and I get to work with preschoolers at the same time. So right. it's just really, right. really nice. Okay. And, and, and where's your daughter now? She's a junior at mm -hmm. Purdue in okay. West Lafayette, Indiana. Wow, She's a wow. Water maker. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're a sports fan, too. I want to call you a sports fanatic, but <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and she's pursuing a, a, a degree in? She is majoring in chemistry, okay. minoring in biology uh -huh. with a pre-med focus. <laughs> majoring in chemistry and minoring in biology, that's way out. And started high school absolutely hating science. No kidding. Could not understand why anyone in their right mind would ever think about majoring in science. <laughs> So when she told me she was majoring in chemistry, I said, you do realize that is a science. <laughs> wow, amazing, amazing. Okay, um, now, um, as I said, mother, educator, and, 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 and we, we've kind of, you know, covered uh, a little bit of that because we, we really not going to have time to cover a whole lot of stuff, but we're going to get as much as we possibly can in this short period of time that we have. And so now, uh, cancer survivor. Yes. Wow. And so just give us a, a, a you know, a brief uh, synopsis of what happened. How do you found out? Once you found out, what did you do? Well, I had a mammogram mm -hmm. in March and a few weeks later, I started complaining about having pain in my breast. Uh -huh. and people kept saying to me, oh, cancer doesn't hurt. <laughs> Yes, oh, really? <laughs> okay. It's, it's rare. Uh, less than 1% of people who are diagnosed with breast cancer mm -hmm. actually have pain associated Is with that it. right? But you did. And I did. Wow. And I just kept take complaining and mm -hmm. complaining. And finally, um, I went back, had a couple of, you know, I was doing self-breast exams mm -hmm. and went back and had my internist do another one and... You know, he told me to go home and take two Tylenol and oh my everything goodness. was fine because they couldn't feel anything. Right, right. And so I knew then something was wrong and made an appointment with my gynecologist. Mm -hmm. And again, he couldn't find anything but said, thank God, uh, let's just be on the safe side and go have an ultrasound. And oh, okay. That's how okay. found it. Wow, wow. And how was that for you? I mean, what happened when you, when you, when you found out? What, what happened to you? How did you... Respond. Well, I instantly went mm -hmm. into survivor mode. Oh, did you? Okay. Instantly went into survivor mode. And for me, I thought it was a big difference. And I said, I I never said I don't want to die. It was, mm -hmm. I always want to live. Right. Okay. And, okay. and I think it's a big difference when you get into your mindset mm -hmm. versus I want to live yeah. versus I don't want to die. Right. Okay. And so okay. I immediately went into I want to live mode. And okay. my daughter was in her senior year, and I jokingly said, if you ever want to get breast cancer, don't get it when your child Jada is a senior. Is okay. <laughs> the absolute worst time. Mm -hmm. And so um, from there, I just, like I said, went into survivor mode. Mm -hmm. and I read everything I could about breast cancer. I went to workshops. and um, Wow. Wow, and 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 you you uh, your treatments were were um, uh, chemo and radiation. Is that right? I had surgery first. Mm -hmm. I had oh, okay, surgery first, and then I started um, chemo. Mm -hmm. And I after chemo, I had seven weeks of radiation, mm -hmm. and now I'm on a um, 
aromatase inhibitor okay. for five years. Okay, okay. You guys, you know, I, I, that's why I got to get this television show. Y'all got to see this woman. This woman is sitting up here looking fine as ever. <laughs> there is no, I mean, you can't see no cancer nowhere, you know, and, 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 and her attitude is just, I mean, she's smiling, and I, I mean, this is just a beautiful thing. And, and for you guys, you really don't, uh, you know, you don't know her as well as I do, but I, I know that her mother was also a cancer survivor. And, and, and Renita uh, uh, participated in, the, what was that, the Sarah? Sarah? Uh, Susan B. Coleman. Susan, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you walked like 60, 60 miles. 60 miles, you know, to support your mother, you know what right. I mean? And not even considering that one day it might be you, exactly. you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and to look at you now, I mean, it, it, looking at you now is looking at, like looking at you 20 years ago. I mean, you've got the same attitude, same look, you know, and it's just so amazing to me that, that people don't really understand how serious this stuff is, especially uh, looking at you, because the way that you deal with these types of things is probably a lot different than other people. And the thing that you said about, I want to live, right. you know, is different, like you said, from I'm scared, I'm going to die. You know what I mean? And, and, and that type of attitude, I think, is important. I, and I hope every listener understands how important what we say uh, is in terms of how the universe responds to, to what comes out of our mouth. And I just so appreciate you. And I want everybody to see you. So I'm just trying to let everybody know this is one happy capper right here, y'all, despite all the things that she's been through. Now, we had uh, uh, talked about Ferguson. We just brought it up. And and uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, from your perspective, how is 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 a thing that's happening in Ferguson, which is also happening all over the world because there's discomfort and 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 and, and people all, all, all over the world are not satisfied with the conditions they're living in. How is that a cancer? How do you how do you relate that? And, you, you know, in terms of, of, of cancer, <clears throat> I guess because it's so widespread, and that's why I say it's just not happening in Ferguson. It's mm -hmm. happening everywhere, and it's, I'm sure, happening more often than we know. It's just, I mean, because if it, everything just can't be in the news. And, right, right. And Ferguson may not have gotten as much attention as it's getting getting if there weren't as many protests. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, okay. And so that sort of brought it to, you know, the public widespread. But I'm sure there are more black African-American boys and women and young women who are being shot down than we actually see on the okay, news. Okay, okay. Um, and, and I started thinking about a lot of different things, just like Martin Luther King's, I, you know, I have a dream, mm -hmm. speech, which was 61 years ago, mm -hmm. where he said in there, you know, I'm praying that my children will be judged by their yeah, character, not the color yeah, of their skin. Yeah, and, yeah. and that saddens me that 61 years later... Mm -hmm. We are still being judged by the color of our skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I was looking at the championship game uh, with the little leagues yesterday. Oh man, yeah. And they had the five players from the 1955 team mm -hmm. who couldn't get to play, right. because of the color of their skin. Wow, wow. And so for people to say that we are moving to color blindness, mm -hmm. I, I think that in itself is really, really dangerous. Okay. When to believe that. To believe right. that we are we're we're not. And mm -hmm. and 
I don't know. Um, it seems to me when I thought about what they were saying from the 1955 team, okay, now we can play in little league games and we don't uh -huh. have to go to separate bathrooms. Wow. We don't have to drink out of different water fountains. But now you just shoot us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. You know, and, 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 and again, I think that the key is uh, people being educated uh, to the extent where they understand the, uh, the, the, the factors involved in being a black person in America. Because most people who are not people of color, and even people of color, uh, you know, Asians, uh, uh, Latinos, and that kind of thing, can never experience what we experience exactly. simply because of the color of our skin. Right. You know, and, and to be able to, to learn more about us, I think is so very important because you'll begin to understand that we're all alike. Exactly. You know, this skin thing, this color thing is, is, is I believe, a concept that was invented, you yeah. know, so that the powers that, that you know, that, that be are able to control everybody by virtue of pitting us against one another exactly. because of the color of our skin. Exactly. And we're just going along with the program. Exactly. They say he's, he's lower than you, he's higher than you, and that kind of thing, so you guys need to fight. And all the while, they're looking at the big picture and saying, wow, we still getting paid. <laughs> exactly. And even it saddens me, and I cannot believe in 2014, this whole light skin. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, right, which right. Which you choose. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, Which yes. doll is the prettiest? Right, and I right. just think black skin and, and natural hair is just yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, you know, and, and there's a major, and I call it an epidemic going on in, 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 in certain countries in Africa right now where the sale of bleaching cream has skyrocketed. Yes. You know, African girls are trying to become lighter complexion because they believe by looking at the videos, because now they're exposed to MTV and that kind right. of thing, and so they see these images on TV like Beyonce, and they figure, if I got long hair and light skin like Beyonce, then I can make it in this world, and that's so far from the truth. And I was so happy that that young girl won that Academy Award, yes. you know, and I, and I pray that she maintains the color of her skin, yes. the texture of her hair and that kind of thing. So, so people will understand beautiful. that we do not have to adhere to a certain image in order to be successful. Yes. You know, and there's something else that I, I just want to point out uh, that I, I, I learned about you. And that was that a, a young guy, a, a black guy was in, in prison and uh, he got out of prison. He, he was, I think, 15 years old. And, and uh, he went into a store to commit a crime. He's from the west side of Chicago. He went into a store to commit a crime with an unloaded gun. And... Um, he wasn't able to commit the crime completely because the police, the guy pushed the button and the police came and arrested him at 15 and he stayed in jail for almost 10 years. He gets out of jail and of course, uh, 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 pr people that get out of jail have a hard time being hired. And the reason being is because we have this sense that anybody that went to jail did something wrong so we can't hire him. And this is what this guy said. I'm just going to read a little bit of what he said. He said, I was on the verge of taking my own life because I could not get out of a rut at the time. He's out of jail now. My life was dark and I could not go back to prison and I felt that death would be my only option because I was less than a man for being 27 years old, out of prison, living with my grandmother with two kids and no job. Renita, had you not given me a chance, I would not be here today. 
you know, and 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 and, th- and this is something because you are educated in regard to this is not everybody that goes to jail ain't bad. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And you were educated to this, but but give us a, an idea of what you had to do in order to hire this guy. Cause you hired this guy for Jumpstart. Give us an idea of what you had to do. Well, all of the students have to have an FBI background check. Mm-hmm. They have to have another background check by company called Assurant, and then they have to be fingerprinted for the Department of Children and Family Services. So, of course, when all of his background checks came back, the organization told me not to hire him. Right. And so I had to have several meetings with the CEO and president and other big wigs in the organization, and I just started giving statistics and anything I could find on why we should give him a chance. Uh And there was just something about his spirit, so I just really went to bat for him Uh and said, you know, we, we have to give him a chance. And that goes to Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is... Prison is a way now that we can institute the new Jim Crow (laughs) because felons cannot get on public assistance. Mm -hmm. They can't get public housing. Mm -hmm. No one wants to hire a felon. So what are you left to do? Right. But go back to a life of of crime. Right. Go back to prison because anybody who thinks prisons rehabilitate, that is, they can tell you that, but that is not what they're for. Wow. Because it's a big money industry. Absolutely. And when you start basing standardized test scores from third grade on the number of prisons that you need to build. That's amazing. Wow, Renita. uh, (laughs) Something. We got to get you back on this show because we have not even touched the surface of the things that are are happening in your life, the things that you are doing, and your future. Because I understand you're getting ready to to get your doctor's degree and you're going to do some other great stuff, you know. And and, and we got to have you back on. And I just so appreciate you taking the time out to discuss these things with me because I know how busy your your schedule must be. And and I want to thank you for my audience for being the person that you are and to encourage you to continue to be who you are and to do what you do. So thank you so much, Renita. Thank you, Calvin, for having me. Okay. Okay, y'all, that's it for now. We're going to have Renita T. Johnson back, and y'all be remembering that name because you're going to hear a lot more about her. So uh, I thank y'all for listening, and uh, as I say, as always, in parting, I holla. Yeah, y'all, I just realized I got three more minutes and uh, I just wanted to give my mother an opportunity to say a little something uh, because uh, she's here with us now. And so, Mom, what, uh, you got anything to say to, to the KUCI listeners? Well, actually, I'll say the KUCI listeners that I'm really, really, really glad that Calvin is here with us to share with you all the things that he wanted to share. And I'm grateful that he's here to talk to Renita T. Johnson because been knowing her for many, many a year, and she is a beautiful individual, as he has indicated in this program. And it's just so wonderful that she's worked so hard with her child to get her to the point that she's at, and has continued on her own to reach a point where she's going for a PhD. I love them both, and I'm really, really happy that Calvin took this opportunity to interview Renita. Wow. Thanks, Mom. Uh, You you, you guys hear how fast she talked? Yeah, that's what I got (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we both be running our miles, and it's a, it's still a beautiful thing. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and I, I so appreciate 
having the opportunity to, to work with KUCI and to be able to do the things that I'm doing on this station. And I hope that uh, it benefits all you listeners and, 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 and let others know, you know, about this show and uh, about KUCI and the, the, the various shows that are available to you on 88.9 FM. And you can also go to KUCI.org and access the shows as well if you're not in the listening vicinity. So, um, Thanks, California, for accepting me as your child. <laughs> My mother thanks you for taking care of me and looking out for me, KUCI, as I do, as you do, rather, and allowing me an opportunity to, uh, to be Calvin and express myself in the way that, that uh, uh, you've allowed me to do. So thanks for listening. And as always in parting, as I've already said before, but before I say it, uh, Mama, you got anything else you want to say to KUCI? I'll Listen. holler. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) And I'll holler as well. I'll see y'all here. Bye-bye.